Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Rechte Neckfahne mit dem linken Fuß. Bringt den Ball auf den zweiten Pfosten. Tische! Tor! 1 zu 0 für den VfL Bochum. Da draußen ist der Ball frei. Und jetzt ist er drin. Jetzt ist er drin. Und hier ist Botzen, macht das Tor. Trist ist wieder da. Größer ist da. Für Rausch. Der setzt an zur Flanke. Da kommt der Ball. Tor, 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 Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, and welcome to the Zweite Bundesliga podcast with me, Jonathan Walsh. And today I'm joined once again by Matthew Karagic. Welcome, Matthew. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, excited. Now that it's only a few days away, the Spider Liga is uh, ready to rumble. So, yeah, exciting times for everyone. Yes, it is indeed. Uh, this will be our season preview podcast. We'll also glance over a few big things that's happened in the recent weeks. We, of course, asked your opinion on who would be the talking point, the surprise package this season. We're talking transfers. We're talking pre-season we're glossing over our prediction tables and mentioning a few other things of note going into what should be a fantastic Zweite Bundesliga season before getting down to the nitty gritty and looking at match day one and giving you our thoughts on that. But Matthew, this is something we both wanted to talk a little bit about um, before we got started. Um, the Dritte Liga began at the weekend and um, it certainly didn't disappoint. Yeah, there's some, some some surprising results and uh, plenty of goals. Some very good goals scored, and um, yeah, I was able to catch a bit of Erdogan and Unterhaking, and um, yeah, the likes of uh, Manuel Conrad, a Spider League regular, um, uh, Kevin Gorskreutz and uh, Dennis Diaby, and yeah, they were super super poor in the first half, and they were duly punished by a, a very impressive Unterhaking side, and. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a very decent game, and um, yeah, it's certainly certainly it will be a league to to watch out for, um, with not only good quality football but plenty of teams can uh, fight for promotion. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that we were speaking about is that it is really really open this year, and that anyone can win it. I watched Kaiserslautern um, their one 0 win at the weekend. I thought they played very well. Were well worth their win at that and it was good to see them get off to a strong start um Karlsruhe and Eintracht Braunschweig kicked us off in style um with a 1-1 draw I thought that was a pretty decent game as well I didn't see any of the other games live unfortunately but um yeah I thought it was um a very very good start to the season but we're not here to talk about Drittliga we're here to talk about Zweite Bundesliga so we will come on to what we were discussing with you on Twitter, which was, for the latest side of Bundesliga podcast, we want to know who your positive surprise of the season will be. Now, Matthew, you've gone with Dynamo. I've picked Magdeburg. Uh, we both think that Jan have flown under the radar a little bit, and then we asked everyone else to get in touch with their thoughts and who they thought might prove... Uh, worth watching at least this season and um, over a hundred of you got involved on the poll on Twitter so thank you very much for that. Uh, 31% of you chose Dynamo, 37% Magdeburg, only 14% picked Jan. I think 
maybe after how well they performed last season people are maybe still underestimating them i don't know and then 18 percent of you went for other and you did let us know so thank you for that matthew talk us through why you picked dynamo <laughs> Um, yeah, it, you have to bear with me. It's a very odd process I've gone with. I think that they might start the season relatively poorly, um, but I think it'll be similar to Borkham. They'll make a coaching change that'll not only reinvigorate the squad, but um, turn the season around and, and the likes of Kone, um, Rosa will, uh, will find the back of the net in a regularity. So, yeah, I'm, I'm tipping for... Then probably to lose, have the first manager change, but it'll work in a positive way. So, yeah, I think the the the, the atmosphere has perhaps gone a bit stale in Dresden. So that's that's what I'm I'm banking on. But yeah, otherwise they could either um you know beat Duisburg on the weekend and and have a a, a monster start and and prove me wrong in some way. I think a lot of people would be of the opinion that. Uh... Uvenoy House is under an awful lot of pressure going into this season. Um, it's not the easiest of starts for Dynamo, but as you say, a win on the opening day could um, could change all that. Do you think Neuhaus is feeling the pressure as well? Preseason wasn't too bad, but um, a defeat to Aston Villa, of course, preseason is preseason, but a defeat to Aston Villa, uh, their final big pre-season game anyway before the season got underway uh, they also lost to Kaiserslautern uh, just before that uh, not ideal preparation would you say especially with um, the injury to Florian Ballas um, he's had to get his shoulder operated on yeah it's a big loss um, you know one of the generals in defence with uh, with Muller um, and uh, and Dunic who's the new uh, sign on from uh, Utrecht um, yeah he should be feeling the pressure um, they were very poor last season. Uh, they were good in patches, and I think um, one thing that was probably common with a lot of people's opinion is that they could easily be the best team in the league, but they just showed up so you know not regularly enough. And um, yeah, a poor start to the season. Um, yeah, he's not. He won't last long. That's that'll be. That's probably the fact of the matter. Is he needs a really good start. To, to not only quiet the doubters, but uh, ease the pressure on, on the fans who will be expecting a much better campaign. I think there was an awful lot of consistency issues last year, and um, they'll certainly be hoping that those have managed to dissipate. Um, I've went from Magdeburg, I think, having watched probably more of their preseason than... Um, any other team really um i've been very very impressed by them especially in their um their cup tournament whatever you want to call it um at home uh they drew a swansea beat them on penalties they then beat uh genoa um so a very good effort from them their preseason has been fairly steady throughout the only blip was um that uh heavy 3-0 defeat to um Paderborn in their final game but um, I don't think that uh, Jens Hettel will be too uh, discouraged by that I think they've got a really good attack um, Costly and uh, Beck two up it. Um, there's some real standout players going forward they're fairly solid in midfield defense is going to be the interesting area for me whether or not um, they can implement their back three as they did um, last year I think um, 
Ignowski's um, experience is going to be very, very key to that, especially given how many uh, Bundesliga and side of Bundesliga games he's played before. And I think they're fairly well set up. I think the home support's going to um, to play a big part in how successful they are this season. And, uh, well, a lot of people are going to look forward to going to Magdeburg again purely for the fact that the atmosphere is going to be incredible. But... Um, I think an awful lot of people are maybe a little bit concerned as to um, how many points they'll take away uh, when they're on the way home. Uh, Matthew, we both sort of agreed very, very quickly that um, Jan Regensburg were a side that haven't got the the necessary praise so far. Do you think that's people underrating them from last season, or is it a case of maybe their transfer business hasn't really been picked up upon? Probably a a bit of both um you know and i'm not sure i'm pretty sure jan will be not too upset that they've gone under the radar once more um actually the key to their success last year was their home form in particular um they were very very tricky to beat, and um yeah i think if they can do what they did last year at the, at the continental arena maintain that really strong home form they'll be okay you know depending on a lot of things you know players in form and and um you know and also who they play of course but um yeah i think i think they've gone under the radar and 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 yeah i i'm not i think they've, they've signed in the right areas they've kept players that they've needed to uh like sort of michael grudner uh they re-signed uh Ian george till 2020 um yeah i think i think their business has been fine and and you know they've um kept the players they've needed to minus uh Mies and uh gimba but yeah, I think I think they'll be okay. They'll be okay. Yeah, I think that central defence area is the one where you would be concerned. They've brought Asgar Sørensen back in on loan from uh, Salzburg. Uh, they've also brought in Marcel Koaya. It looks like those two are going to be the starting uh, partnership. But of course, as you said, uh, Benedict Gimba uh, has gone to Ingolstadt. Um, Marvin Noll is off to St. Pauli, and. Uh, Sebastian Nachaina is um, injured at the moment. Uh, they'll hope he returns to action soon. Um, and then, of course, we did ask you, the listeners, who you thought would be the surprise package. Um, Alex Heil at Bundesliga underscore UK uh, also thinks uh, Magdeburg will be a surprise package, mentioning how much of an advantage playing at home will be. Uh, Daniel says Sandhausen one that's maybe uh, not got the credit they deserve either they've had quite a bit of squad turnover this year so it'll be interesting to see how they cope with that um lumpy uh, at lumpy pool um uh, or says sorry that uh, paderborn and bohem will get promoted if only and cologne will play in the playoff against who if it was cologne against fortuna that would be quite an interesting day for those respective cities, um, Tigers um, talks about Bielefeld. thinks he thinks they could go into the top five or six this season again. Uh, he says they've done really good transfer business, and that's the reason why he's tipping them to do well. Uh, Nick, a Bochum fan, says Bochum. Uh, he's not sure if they would count as a surprise. I think if we managed to pip uh, Köln and HSV, it would indeed be a surprise um casey bundesliga uh says st pauli uh carl um talks about um it would be crazy if um had to play in the promotion playoff 
that is very true. I think everyone, or most people at least, are tipping them for a top two finish. Uh, Kai um, says Darmstadt, who I think have been underrated a little bit as well. Pedro um, uh, talks about Sandhausen as well, so another vote for them. And Flo um, says Duisburg, and I think that actually brings things to a nice close in terms of Matthew. We both think that um, Duisburg, as much as we picked Jan, uh, that Duisburg will have a really good season too. Yeah, uh, you know, Sleepy Giant, and they've They've built slowly. They were they were very good last season in their return to um, the Spider Liga. You know they've added two very good Spider Liga strikers in uh, Jean Verhoek and um, Sakuta Passo, who we know fits the build for the uh, Spider Liga striker. Very bulky, physical kind of player. You know, decent aerially. Um, yeah, I I can't see why they couldn't challenge. At least for third, they could at least make the promotional places, and it wouldn't be, for me at least, wouldn't be much of a surprise if that's that was the case. I think so too, and um, we will have to see how that pans out. But moving on, uh, we go to another side who have been involved in quite a scramble over strikers and um, another side who should be in the mix come the end of the season. That is Ingolstadt. And some comments that um, were sent to me, so thank you, Eva, for passing those on. They were in Kicker uh, last week, actually, so they probably should have been mentioned uh, at the time, but this was the first time I'd seen them, so thank you for passing those on. Um, this is in relation to um, Zweite Bundesliga and, well, Armenia, given that uh, they were the club they were dealing with uh, with the transfer. This is, of course, about Andreas Vogelsama. Um, Anglovia, a big, big interviewing kicker, uh, spoke to them, and when asked about uh, transfers and transfer fees, um, said, Currently, when selling abroad, we can raise a lot of money for the national market in order to make the league more attractive. Nationally, however, the demands should remain realistic. If one is playing poker with the buzz circulating around in England, they should sell there. He went on to say, there is no accusation in relation to naming teams, but this is a fact for the Zweite Bundesliga market. If a club says the player is not for sale, then I respect that. It's more transparent than negotiating for six weeks, knowing that it's not going to work anyway because of the huge gap in the mindsets of both parties. We do not pay prices above the market value that we set for ourselves. Matthew, I find those comments very, very interesting and Perhaps when we look at things, especially the the fee that they want for Dario Lescano, a little bit hypocritical? Yeah, just a little bit, especially if you look at the output from both players last season. Um, you know, Samuel, 13 goals, 4 assists, played all games for Bielefeld. And Lescano, 6 goals and an assist, played 10 less games, but probably wasn't as, um, you know lethal going forward yeah there's a bit of hypocrisy in the comments but um you know who 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 are we to judge i mean every team is in the same boat no matter um what the scenario scenario is um so yeah yeah very very unusual things to say but you know uh, there's clear understanding um from what he from uh from him from what he thinks and um yeah that's uh very bold, very bold statements to make. Yeah, I just find it um, a little bit strange given that uh, Westphalenblatt um, 
you know, said that uh, Anglovier offered uh, two million to Armenia Bielefeld for Andreas Vogelsama, and you know, to offer that for a player who has got thirteen goals and four assists in thirty-four games, maybe they're looking at the Marvin Duck scenario where you know the the total transfers around 2.5 million euros and they're saying well if the top goal scorer and the the top you know scorer point um guy in the league is coming up with 2.5 million for what was an incredible season then why can we not offer 2 million euros to um to armenia for for vogelsammer i can understand it from that point of view but to then say that um uh you know you should sell uh for less in the domestic market that's a little bit strange for me um i think every club in the world knows that english clubs have money to burn and that they can go out uh, and spend the money that that uh, not many other clubs can pay and they will charge more for that but equally i i think samir abi is just right to um have a high price tag um armenia lost um konstantin kerschbaumer to um Ingolstadt albeit indirectly and um, the last thing he would have wanted was Andreas Vogelsammer to go there as well and continue that partnership I just think for for Ingolstadt to to want 6 million euro or so for Dario Lezcano and then tell Armenia that um, Andreas Vogelsammer isn't worth 4 or 5 million euros is a little bit comical Vogelsammer is 2 years younger as well and has an extra year in his contract so from that perspective, I think uh, that's a little bit strange. Um, Matthew, I think the transfer market has sort of taken care of itself this summer, but um, a lot of people have, you know, brought up how much Köln have spent and and things like that. Um, what's your opinion on it? Do you think it's been uh, much ado about nothing this year, or do you think that that Veer has a point and that Köln have maybe spent too much? Well, I mean, you know, Köln's main objective is to get promoted and they've obviously gone in with a strategy of, um, you know, spending enough to not only bolster their squad but, um, you know, make major improvements so that come the end of the season they are lifting the, the Spider-League trophy. I don't think there's much of an issue and it's just a, there's a the lot said about not a lot in, in, in uh, reality. So, um, yeah, it, it just makes Veer's comments uh, worse about him, uh, you know, in relation to himself, and perhaps he might need to have a look at, you know, what he's doing business-wise, and uh, stop worrying about the competition. And that's certainly nothing against Angelo Veer because he has done very, very good work this summer. You look at uh, the players that uh, that Ingolstadt have brought in; he's made some very, very good signings, and he spent their money very wisely. Um, and yeah, I don't think they're going to go for another striker now, especially given this Cano's form and that they have set a really high price for him. Up next is the preseason and transfer roundup. So yes, it is time to look at the preseason and the transfers that have uh, occurred over the the past week or so. Um, it's been a pretty busy week 
in in terms of both a lot of sides have rounded off their pre-season at the weekend so there's plenty to discuss there uh we're not going to dive into all of it though because this is a very very busy episode and if you do want to look at pre-season overall uh you're more than welcome to take a look at the uh the google document that i have put up online and uh Browse away to your heart's content, uh, looking at the transfers and whatnot. Uh, so, Matthew, we're going to keep it short and sweet when it comes to pre-season, at least anyway. I'll start us off. Uh, Friday night, um, Köln and Mainz decided to have a real humdinger. Uh, Köln managed to come out 5-3 winners in the end. And for a side that had struggled to score goals in pre-season up to then, of course, Köln also beat Werder Bremen earlier in the week. So another Bundesliga side checked off for them. Um, really impressive win. Went to town. Um, Drexler looked good. Hauptmann looked good. Um, uh, John Cordoba looked like he was in form, and it was a very positive performance all around. Some amazing goals, not least Marcel Ruiz's uh forty-yard stunner. Um, he's making quite a habit of that, which isn't a bad thing if you are a Köln fan. Um, sort of what we expect from them, I suppose, Matthew. It's um they're hitting form at the right time. Yeah, I mean, you want to hit the ground running and um, you beat two sides who, you know, they've, they've had a recent history of playing against. Um, I think the Brayman one was positive in the sense that they kept a clean sheet uh, and Toronto scored a, a, a very cheeky goal against arguably one of the best goalies in um, the Bundesliga in Jiri Pavlinka. And then to, to put five against a mind side that, you know, may struggle quite a lot this season. Um, it's good. It's good. They, you know, the integration of Drexler already. Um, you know, he he already looks quite at home um, in a Köln shirt, and um, yeah, they they will be uh, looking at Borkum on the weekend and thinking they could make a real impression on the league. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. But they, yeah, that they, they're um, the the players they need to get in form are are, are hitting the ground running already. With the best will in the world to um, any Köln fans who are listening, if you can save uh, making an impression on the league until match day two, uh, just so that Bochum can get a solid start, that would be very much appreciated from myself. Um, a couple of other very impressive results uh, saw Ingolstadt beat Gladbach and uh, Erzgebirge Aue beat Schalke. We've spoken about Ingolstadt quite a bit, but another really good result from their point of view. And our uh, Tedesco's return home as such, um, he was very, very praiseworthy of the fight and uh, the battling spirit uh, that our showed in the game. And I think that's what they're going to need to show all season if they um, if they want to beat the drop. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, they've made a lot of uh, impressions with young players um, through the, through the transfer window, and they've continued to add. They've got a, an abundance of uh, strikers to try and replace Pascal Kirpka, so they've got options going forward. And um, yeah, I think I think you know not a lot of people have spoken about Daniel Meyer as a manager, and um, you know it's a tough job. The our job is is difficult because every season they are trying to f- avoid the drop, and you know their work ethic and and, and spirit seems to always be very noticeable and and that's why the, the past few seasons they've been able to avoid you know relegation even if it's via the playoffs so um yeah uh, they 
they, they, they're going to have a tough season once more, but they, um, yeah, if they can show that competitive spirit and um, just just being willing for the fight, um, then you know they, there's no reason why they can't stay up. Although, um, yeah, it's just who's going to be the consistent goal scorer? That's the that's the lingering question I have for this hour side this year. I think fight is never in doubt with our, but uh, as you say, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can find someone to add that little bit of quality and find the back of the net on a regular basis. Um, the last two sides we're, we're going to mention in this short pre-season roundup is uh, Hamburg and uh, St. Pauli. Uh, both sides played on Saturday. Both sides got two very impressive wins uh, St. Pauli beat Stoke and uh, Haasfall beat Monaco um, Haasfall playing with uh, Aaron Hunt as a false nine we'll maybe come on to that a little bit later but uh, St. Pauli who have had a little bit of an up and down pre-season ending it off in style yeah very much so they um, yeah, obviously very poor last season You know, I don't think they've really adjusted to the way they well, the way uh, Kaczynski wants them to play, um, yeah, I think uh, they, they they face a very difficult stretch. You know, they start the season and um, they, they can't afford to do what they did last season. Um, you know, the, the, the Pauli fans will, will be on it in a flash. So, yeah, I mean, to beat a side like Stoke, yes, they got relegated to the championship, but they still have... You know, quality in players. I, I believe Jack Butler was playing in the game, and you know he's a very you know he's England's number two essentially. Uh, Chupo Moting, formerly of Schalke and Mainz. So, you know, it's, it, I guess in, in 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 any respect, I mean that it's the quality of players you're beating, and and I think that's the uh, the positive side for St. Pauli. Yeah, I think it says a lot when you've got individual players that are. Uh worth more than entire Zweite Bundesliga squads and uh, the Zweite Bundesliga sides are still coming out on top, which is good to see. Um, moving on from St. Pauli's pre-season to um, some rumours that have hit us very early this morning, and I do mean very early. Uh, Suleiman Abdullahi has told Regional Sport, um, this was on Friday night after the game, that he would be heading to Hamburg Uh but no mention of which club it would be. Um, I would be shocked beyond belief if he went to HSV, especially given that um, they don't really have the money to spend on him and the fact that they are more than well covered now uh, with Aaron Hunt as that false nine, but as well with uh, La Saga, Arp and Vinsheimer. Um Matthew, is Abdullahi the signing that St. Pauli need? I think... He's one to get excited about. Yeah, could be. Very energetic, uh, quick. Um, you know, probably his finishing more than anything is what let him down last season for Braunschweig. And, um, but, he, but his positioning is very good. He gets into dangerous areas quite regularly. And, and yeah, I mean, you look at the, the core forwards that, that St. Pauli have, and, and, and a lot of those guys didn't do enough to really impress last season. So... You know, perhaps he's he's the guy. He's the guy that um you know Saint Pauli look for, and and if they can get him, um he might be the one that you know raises the roof at the uh, the Milan tour. I think he hit the post twice or maybe three times against uh, Saint Pauli last season when he played at the Milan tour. So um he certainly knows where the the net at least um is in 
the widest sense of the word, hopefully, uh, from a St. Pauli's perspective. If he does end up joining, he is able to put it inside the post um, when it comes to uh, to that. Um, we might as well talk about it now as well, seeing as it also came out this morning. One that will uh, be uh, closer to home for most um in in that sense that it is very close to you uh jimmy mclaren is heading back to australia according to football nation radio um it looks like he's headed to um to melbourne victory um darmstadt did seem like they'd wanted him to stay and hibernian as well uh hibs really wanted him to come back and uh form that partnership with uh florian camberry once more it doesn't look like it's going to happen matthew does it feel like uh, this is a little bit disappointing and that he maybe could have stayed for more? Yeah, very disappointing. And it kind of, uh, you know, showcases more of a issue in Australian football more than anything that a lot of guys, um, it kind of gets a bit too difficult for them and they, they come back here and, you know, take it easy, um, so to speak. Um, it, it's a real shame. I would have liked him to stay if not with Darmstadt, at least in Europe, you know, improve your craft and, um, you know, become a better player. And I, I just, it's frustrating the fact that he will come back here and he won't get better. He will stagnate um, and which won't help the national team and ultimately in Australia's, you know, hope of winning like an Asian Cup again or, or qualifying for the World Cup. You're going to have a lot of players who haven't improved over the over the years, so it's a yeah, it's really disappointing because I think he he has the abilities to be good. He showed it at Hibs um, last season when he went on loan, but yeah, it's a pity. It's a real pity that he's going to be back here, and um, yeah, I think most people would agree with you there and say that he is probably better than the A League, and that's nothing against the league. But um, Jimmy McLaren was in fine form for Hibs. He came with a, a great reputation to Darmstadt. It just didn't work out with Torsten Frings. And I think that uh, when push come to shove, he obviously scored uh, in Darmstadt's final preseason game. Um, but it just looks like it wasn't meant to be. And as you pointed out very rightly, given the, the lack of striking ability that um, Australia have at the moment, it's a, a bit of a shame that he's seemingly opted to head back to Melbourne victory but uh, we wish him well if he does do that nevertheless um, speaking of Darmstadt um, we, we certainly can't ignore this one Marcel Heller has rejoined the club um, some much needed pace out wide and really really good to see Darmstadt attracting you know a very very good Zweite Bundesliga player back to the league yeah I mean uh yeah, there's uh, there's uh, many good things in life, and I think Heller and uh, Darmstadt is one of those. They just they just fit. It just seems right, and um, yeah, I think I think um, he can he'll be a, a massive weapon for them going forward. Um, you know, he's got that good that good turn of speed. You know, he's decent in front of goal, and um, yeah, it's good it's good to see. I think if you're a Darmstadt fan, you'd be very happy to see him back in the the blue and white. It just just looks right. That Augsburg never really suited him, so. Um, yeah, it'd be good to see him back. As much as they do have pace out wide through uh, Jovan Jones, I think uh, nobody will underestimate what Marcel Heller brings to Darmstadt. And of course, as you said, it's great to see him back in blue and white. Darmstadt also gave pro deals to uh, Cameron Royho, uh, Josip Galic and Luka Geltzlaika. 
or Gil's Lacta. Uh, if I can get my tongue around that one, it's a bit early for uh, that, but um, it, it's great to see the young guys um, getting rewarded with pro deals. I think we we spoke about it earlier on that uh, Darmstadt could do with uh, some useful exuberance in their squad, and uh, the latter of those three certainly uh, gets me excited. I think he's a he's someone who deserves first team minutes, and I really really hope that he sees them, especially after how preseason's gone. And the positive comments that uh, Dirk Schuster has given him. Um, another side who narrowly avoided the drop um, last season was our Of course, they had to go through the playoffs. Uh, we heard this week that uh, a move for Sarah Dorson fell through. Awa um, didn't want to commit someone who had uh, not shown 100% uh, commitment to the project, uh, which is fair enough, I suppose. And instead, they've brought in Maximilian Pronishov uh, from Hertha BSC. It'll be interesting to see how he gets on a Russia under-21 international. Um, some other moves around the league. Uh, Bernard Tekpeti, uh, we spoke about this one last week, has joined Paderborn. That's a, a great addition for them. He's going to add some diversity up front. Uh, Stephen Sama has joined uh, Heracles Almelo. Um, that was expected as well. We uh, told you about that one last week. Um, and then we're left with um, what is probably the bigger stories uh, of the week, of course. Uh, Matthew, you mentioned it. Uh, Jan George extended until 2020 with uh, Jan Regensburg and uh, Virenzi and uh, Adamian, who has made his way into my kicker manager team. Do not forget to sign up for that one. We've already got 15 people in. I don't think I've ever seen that many people in my kicker league before. So uh, why not make it 20 or even more? Uh, get signed up. Um, three good extensions there. But uh, the ones I really want to talk about involve Kiel, Hamburg. And uh, we'll start with Ingolstadt. Why not? Um, probably... Uh, without, with the exception of what Kiel have done, the, the biggest deal of the week, and that is that uh, Sonny Kittel has extended until 2022 with Ingolstadt. Matthew, uh, really exciting news for Ingolstadt, but really exciting news for the league in general. Absolutely, absolutely tore it up last season. 10 goals, 15 assists. Um, he was big time and, and um, very worthy of that number 10. He um, very creative. He... You know, he gets into dangerous areas, knows how to pick a pass, and yeah, just important with those uh, those Bundesliga clubs like Mainz and Freiburg uh, sniffing around. Um, if Ingolstadt are uh, for real in their um, promotional push, um, yeah, keeping Kittle was a must, and, and tying him up till 2022 is, is a big win for them if uh, for their aspirations, and also just good to keep a guy who clearly has a lot of talent and um you know you, you get the pieces around him like they have with Kirschbaumer. um they've kept obviously Lescano if Kuchka can find the goal with a bit more regularity yeah it, it it'll be a gangbuster signing and his assist number should be once again in the double digits yeah I totally agree I think uh, the signing of Kirschbaumer takes an awful lot of pressure off uh, Sonny Kittle in the middle and um Ingolstadt should be a real force to be reckoned with this season. Um, we'll move on to Kiel now. Uh, two big midfield deals done this week. Uh, so Jonas Meffert join uh, on on a three-year deal uh, from Freiburg. And uh, Lee Jae Sung has also come in. That's the big, big deal and probably one of the biggest deals 
um, of the transfer window uh, as far as Vita Bundesliga is concerned and one which you would look at and say is probably the biggest transfer deal of uh, Kiel's history. Matthew, how excited are you to see um, Lee J. Sung in the league and uh, uh, another chance for Jonas Meffert to, to get back down to work uh, and show what he has done in previous years? Yeah, well, the Meffert one will start with, um, you know, he was very solid um, for Kulzer a couple of seasons ago. Um, he'll have a great opportunity um, under Walter and, you know, I think uh, his his career stalled somewhat at Freiburg. They, you know, just didn't really work out. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see him, you know, in Kiel and, and you know, he can make a, an impact. The, uh, the Lee signing is, is uh, a very... Very good piece of business, you know. He played every game in the World Cup for South Korea. Had an assist against Mexico. Yeah, he's the number ten they've been looking for. Um, you know, they get him on a three-year deal. Yeah, he could be the guy. He, he could be the one, the one signing that they've um, that that's been missing. Um, you know, we spoke on the podcast how Volta wanted a number ten, and and Lee Lee Jae Song is that guy. So. I'm excited to see him play um, in the Spider Liga. And I think the, the most important thing is he chose Kiel. Um, he had interest from a bunch of other clubs um, in England and, and, and whatnot, but he chose Kiel, which uh, tells you that he, A, bought into the project and he really um, you know sees some positivity around the club. I, I totally agree. And I think that that is the big thing, that he chose them over uh, a number of other clubs, as you've already said. And... I'm really, really excited to see if he can be the guy that uh, can replace Dominic Drexler. And I don't think, given the situation, that they could have got anyone better um, in general terms. Uh, So we move on to the final team we're discussing when it comes to transfer business. And that is Haas Fall. We haven't spoken about them too much today, but um, between now and the end, they're going to get quite a few mentions. Um... We'll start with Douglas Santos. Um, uh, built last night saying that um, uh, that that Hasfall won't let him go for any less than twenty five million euros, which is quite a lot of money uh, amid rumored interest from Schalke. But um, they're not from the Anglo-Vir school of negotiating, and they're certainly not going to do a cut price deal domestically. But uh, the big one is in terms of uh, Hamburg uh, is Joseph Baffo, who is on trial with Harris Fall from today, which is Tuesday as we record the podcast. Um, uh, Matthew, it looks like um, he could be on his way. There's been positive noises so far anyway. Um, who knows, by the time I have the podcast uh, uh, edited and published, we could be talking about Joseph Baffo as a Harris Fall player. It maybe won't happen that quickly, but... Um, Someone who could challenge uh, Bates and Van Drongelen uh, while uh, Young and Papadopoulos are out and uh, certainly provide more than adequate cover for them. Agreed. You know, the, the key thing is that he has the experience in the Svada Liga. He's played you know, multiple seasons with Braunschweig. He's, you know, serviceable um, in the position. And <clears throat> if Van Drongelen and Bates struggle early on, you know, which would be understandable based on the, the lack of experience in the league, um, then perhaps they would turn to Buffo. Um, I think I think it's someone that they might want to pull the trigger on. Maybe if it's a one-year deal, um, 
he 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 would be you know just just cover at least especially if the young guys can't get to a job so yeah i think um that would be the one um i'd expect to happen there was some other noise about rob huth um and um a bunch of other players but i think i think buffo would be you know in their not only in their price range because of you know him being a free transfer but in terms of salary and um you know, and cover, I think he would be an adequate fit for Haasvel. I think he is pretty much the perfect fit for them. And uh, given, as you say, he is a free transfer, he won't command too much in wages. It's a chance to work with an exciting coach who who could bring him on. And I think if Haasvel do tie him down to a year, a year with an option or two years with an option, if he is performing well, it opens the door for uh, Papadopoulos to to be sold in January after his injury, which I'm sure would uh, bring in some much welcomed funds. And we move from discussing Haas Fowl's transfer business to discussing the opening game of Zweite Bundesliga, the 2018-19 season. Oh, it feels good to say that football is well and truly back. Um, we start the league with uh, HSV against Kiel on Friday night. Um, that should be a great, great game. And uh, a little bit of rivalry between the two clubs is never a bad thing to get us started on a Friday night under the floodlights. Matthew, it's a really, really interesting opening weekend. This is the game that uh, has been chosen to start things off. No real surprise that it involves HSV and is at the Volksparkstadion. Uh, it's it's sold out as well. We couldn't really ask for much more, could we? No, no. It's a, it's a really tasty fixture, and um, you know, I think when you look at the, the actual tie itself, you have Kiel, who you know will, will go in as heavy underdogs, and and uh, and Hamburg is the uh, you know have the expectation that they will do a, a number on their um their northern neighbours and. Yeah, it just it just has the ingredients of being you know, really interesting and um, geez, wouldn't wouldn't a surprise result really throw the uh, the cat amongst the pigeons if it, if Kiel could somehow get a result? I mean, uh, yeah, just just thinking about it is getting me excited. So um, yeah, really looking forward to this one already. I think the midfield battle is going to be key and it's going to be very very interesting to see um, how Lee Jae Sung does if he does indeed start. Um, we're not quite sure what uh, Tim Valter will go for to to begin. Um, it's going to be a big, big test of uh, Dominic Schmidt and either Hoika Val and um, Hoika Val and uh, Stefan Teska. Um, it's it's a big, big beginning for uh, those guys in defence uh, in the centre of defence, and uh, this is all without what looks to be. Uh, David Kinsombi, it does look like the defensive midfielder is going to miss this one. Uh, that's a bit of a shame, uh, but they do have experience in uh, Dominic Pites, uh, so that's not too bad, although I'm sure to, to cope with um, Haas Fowl's um, very young, energetic threats uh, coming in from out wide, uh, Kinsombi would have been uh, the preferred choice there. It looks like uh, Keel yeah. are going to stick to to that four two three one four, four one four one uh, formation uh, that they had so much success with last season. Um, Matthew, 
I think the the biggest dilemma in terms of Keeler's isn't in goal, it isn't in defence, and it isn't in that attacking midfield area. It, it's who gets the nod up front. Um, do you see it being Gieff or um, or will it be uh, Yanni Lucasera who leads the line? Yeah, uh, yeah it's, a, it's a bit of a flip of the coin, really. Um, I guess if you're a Kill fan, you wish you could say Marvin Dukes, but you know that's the way football works. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be admiss to seeing um, Jan Lucas Serra start. Um, you know, young, energetic. He, he proved, you know, to be, you know, decent and serviceable at his time at Borkham. I think you said it a few times you would have liked him to stay. Um, yeah, I, I, you might as well play the youngster. I mean, you know, he's, you know, he, he offers something different, and and you know, with with his abilities, perhaps he could trouble the likes of Van Dronglen and Bates, who, who we think will start in a centre defence. So, yeah, I wouldn't be admiss going going the young blood. And if it doesn't work, then then you've got Girth on the bench, and he can, you know, he's proven in the Drizzle League that he can get goals with Meppen. So, yeah, I'd go with Sarah for the start and see what happens. And then it's not only Keeler who have a debate as to who to start up front, but also HS Fall and you know. It it had been uh, trialled in training, but we saw it in full effect against Monaco. Aaron Hunt had a, a great game as the the false nine, if you will, up front, and um, it it'll be really really interesting to see if he opts for that once more. Um, maybe it's it's a ploy to try and draw those Keel centre backs who haven't had that much game time together uh, out and and try and. Uh, get the better of them and bring them into an area where they're uncomfortable that'll be interesting to see but uh, we move on from a really interesting matchup between Hallisfell and Kiel to another big big game this time at the Ruhr Stadion uh, it's Bochum, it's Köln it's a humdinger uh, not too far off being sold out now, not too many tickets left and for anyone asking I have unfortunately used up my four ticket allocation and can't get you any more and as well as that it does look like the game won't be on free sale online so unfortunately if you are looking another ticket for the game you'll have to make a trip to Bohem to acquire one um big big demand for a big big game Matthew how do you see this one going well, I think I think both teams have a lot to prove, and probably more so Köln. You know, they want to make a, an immediate, an immediate impact into the into the campaign, and you know they play a good side who, in fairness, ended last season really well. And uh, Robin Dor, who you'd probably question when he took the job if he had the motivation to keep managing, he'd been out of the game for a while. But he certainly saw something in the Borkham side, and he. He turned them around. He had the likes of Hintazia finding the back of the net with a regularity. Um, Robbie Cruz and, and Sydney Sam, that attacking three um, was really energetic. I think the loss of Sturg is a big one. Um, who I think I think the interesting question from a Borkham standpoint is who starts in that Sturger role? Will he go with um, Sebastian Meyer, who they got from Hanover? Um, will Tommy Eastland, who's you know who's been uh, highly touted? Um, scored that Huntinger um, last season. <clears throat> that, that, that's the, I think that'll be the interesting one for Borkham's standpoint. You know, who who plays in that sort of number ten role, um, who can pull the strings in midfield and 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 really get them going forward. I think that if they can, if they can put 
Cohen on the back foot. You know, we could see Borkham make some really good chances and put what is probably one of the best defences on paper under a lot of pressure. I think um, that is a very interesting point. And between Meyer and Eisfeld, um, it's a real toss-up to who gets the nod there. I think Eisfeld's maybe carrying a little bit of a knock and has done for the the last week or so so maybe in terms of fitness I think Meyer might get the nod but that's going to be a really good battle between those two to see who ends up uh, really cementing their place as uh, Bochum's number 10 and of course uh, it is a massive ask to replace Kevin Stuger one of the best playmakers in the league last season so no pressure on either of those two guys Um, I suppose from a Bochum perspective it's probably the best time to play Köln, even though they've just stuck five past Mainz, um, given that uh, it's early in the season and anything can happen, anything can happen inside the Bundesliga in general. But I think um, if you're going to catch a team, you want to catch them uh, within the first couple of match days before they get on a real run of form. Um, Köln, a bit of debate over who'll start up front. Um, Kicker seem to think that uh, John Cordoba will get the nod ahead of Simon Terada, which will be interesting. So maybe. Uh, we will only get to see Tirada from a substitute capacity on his return to the Ruhrstadion, uh, which would be a little bit of a surprise for me, given um, Tirada's record in the league. Um, otherwise, Köln are pretty well set. The only issue remains at right-back Matthias Bada and uh, Benno Schmidt's uh, injury concerns over both of them, which might mean Marcel Riza or... Uh, Jorge Mere might end up playing at right back. I don't think that's going to be uh, what Marcus Anfang wants, especially up against Robbie Cruz. Um, is that maybe one area where Bohem will, will look to try and exploit and hope that uh, that can pay some early dividends? Yeah, you'd think so, because on the, on the other side, you, you're going to face a uh, you know, sector. So I think, depending on if whether Schwitz or Butter um, are past fit, then perhaps they can they can uh, exploit the left hand side going forward for Borkham. Um, we know what Cruz can do in the league. He showed you know good promise. Um, you know, considering he was uh, this time last, you know, you know he didn't really have many options, and he and he chose to go to the Spider Liga. Yeah, that's what I want to exploit. In terms of what Cohen might do there, if if Bader and Schmitz aren't fit. Wouldn't be surprised if they put Risa. You know, he's, he's relatively pacey, good on the ball. He's someone who can, you know, break the go down the channel and um, and join the rush. So I think they might look to fight fire with fire in in that respect and and go with an attacking fullback slash winger who, you know, is is will go forward at will, but in the same respect will will probably be a bit of a, a liability defensively. I think at least in terms of physicality and pace wise. He's a, a pretty good match for Robbie Cruz, and uh, if any Australians are watching, and this isn't directed at you, Matthew, but uh, for those that uh, criticise Robbie Cruz on a regular basis, um, when you play the ball in behind, good things will happen. So uh, that's one to watch for on Saturday. Um, the final uh, Group 1 game, as I've called it, the, the three highlight games from this match day, uh, pits Magdeburg against St. Pauli. Uh, that's going to be as much of a battle uh, between two very passionate sets of supporters in the stands as much as it will be on the pitch. Uh, both sides will want to get off to a strong start and I think um, 
given how passionate both sets of fans are, uh, a win either way will really set the tone for a good start to the season. This is quite a tough one to call, though. Yeah, uh, it is. Um, but we, we, I think we've spoken about it a bit already. Um, the importance of home, of of playing at home, and and Magdeburg, uh, you know, they, that'll be a fortress um, come Saturday. And um, they will want to make an immediate impression in, in the Spider Liga, and and they've got the players. I think we we both agree they've made some some very good moves. You've got them as the surprise packet, um, yeah. And and you know to have a te- to to make an impact early, um, you know, beat a team like St. Pauli, and and you know that can set the season off um, if they get a home win, and the fans will will get behind them, and you know make a difference. I think the key. For them, the key matchup will be the Christian Beck versus will be Marvin Knoll, and we're guessing it might be Christoph Avora um, in um, in at centre back. Um, you know, Beck's a, is a proven goal scorer. He's done it in the Dritte Liga and the Regional Liga as well with Magdeburg. Um, you know, he's he, he's going to be that's going to be the key. Um, you know, they, they're going to feed him. Down the channel, uh, you know, with balls from the channel, and and yeah, that it just looks like a really interesting matchup with uh, with probably St. Pauli playing a bit more defensively because you know they don't have a lot going forward, so they're going to have to be very compact and um and very tight. Otherwise, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be much of a surprise if Magdeburg put maybe one or you know two or three past St. Pauli. I would agree with you there. I think St. Pauli will set up a little bit defensively, but at the same time, I think if they can get this Abdullahi deal done uh, before uh, registration and whatever uh, comes through and they can have him in the squad for Sunday's game, that would be a really, really big boost to their chances and you know, give them a real focal point in attack. I think then you can choose who you want to play off them, whether you want to go for a 4-2-3-1, which I think they might just do away from home. I think that would be a pretty good matchup uh, to uh, to what Magdeburg will come at them with. And I think, you know, an early goal in that game could see uh, both teams open up and really, really go for it, which uh, would be exactly what we want uh, for the early Sunday game. Plenty of potential with that one, and uh, hopefully it delivers. And now we move on to our second set of games. Uh, not to worry if you're in the bottom set. Uh, from here on out, it is done in terms of chronological order. So uh, if you are in Group 3, do not worry. We don't think any less of you. And uh, there are some big games in Group 3 as well. Uh, it's just the first set we thought were the highlight games of the weekend. So Group 2 games... Uh, we've got a very interesting one to start off with. It provided plenty of goals in an early season meeting last term. Uh, this one sees Jan take on Ingolstadt. Uh, we've spoken quite a lot about both sides already, uh, given praise to both and uh, maybe pointed out a few areas for improvement. Uh, Matthew, I think a lot of people and a lot of neutrals will look at this as a fairly easy win for Ingolstadt, uh, but it's going to be anything but, and I think Ingolstadt fans realise that themselves. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Jan were super at home last season. I think uh, they were fifth on the the home table, and only Nuremberg and Kiel last season scored more goals than them at home. They scored 30 in total. 
Um, yeah, and, and they caused Ingolstadt a ton of problems defensively. Um, um, you know, they scored four goals in the opener in the first game they played in a 4-2 win. And then they, you know, they also, and that game was in Ingolstadt, the first one, and then they scored three against them at home. So, yeah, I think uh, Ingolstadt and uh, Stefan Lotto will be wary of how dangerous they are going forward um, with, like, the likes of Jan George, who, you know, not only signed, but it's also his birthday today, of all things. Um, and um, and Marco Grudner, who was, you know, superb in uh, in his, uh, you know, in, in, in last season. So, yeah, I think Ingolstadt needs to be wary. I mean, Regensburg are very, very quick on the counter-attack, and, and, and um, you know, if they're not tight defensively or they're not, you know, aware, uh, they'll get caught out. I mean, Regensburg are very dangerous going forward. And, yeah, I, if Ingolstadt fans think this is going to be an easy win, uh, they they should be a bit mistaken. It's, it's going to be a tough game. It'll be a tough game to – if they get a point, they, they should be happy with that. I think it's going to be a pretty difficult trip away for them as well. Obviously, not a great distance to travel, but um, already 12,000 tickets sold for that one, I think. So uh, a good crowd expected at the Continental Arena. Um, And, of course, from an Ingolstadt perspective, uh, very exciting to see uh, these new signings line up and uh, a bit of talk about who will start it right back now that Christian Tresh is injured, um, I think. uh, Ananu will uh, get the nod there. And... uh, We'll maybe see a few changes in defence as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether or not uh, Gimber or um, a few of the other new faces uh, manage to get the nod. I think the one that uh, we'll all look forward to seeing is Konstantin Kerschbommer, although um, it remains to be seen whether he can replicate his excellent form that he had for Armenia. And of course, it is a real chance for Ingolstadt, as you say, to, to get some revenge after last season where it really didn't go to plan against Jan. Um, moving on from that one, we look at Greuther uh, Furt against Sandhausen. Another uh, chance for um, for two sides to get off on the right, uh, right foot. And uh, maybe looking at these two more than any of the others that we've mentioned so far this is going to be a big big game in terms of getting early momentum on the board and, and staying clear of what we expect to be another very very tight and hotly contested relegation battle uh matthew this one's very very close again and i would be edging slightly towards foot although i think this one might be more comfortable to sit on the fence yeah, oh, I've gone the other direction. I think Sandhausen might actually win the game. I expect it to be super tight defensively. Um, you know, we, we saw last season how um, strong in the defensive end Sandhausen were. They they don't concede a lot of goals. And a lot of their games are those sort of one-nil um, type of – nil-nil type affairs. And, and um, yeah, I, for both sides who – if we're if we're honest, are probably going to be in that hotly contested relegation zone, as you said. Um, yeah, getting early wins on the board is is extremely important because they will count a lot more um, as the season goes on. So yeah, I expect tight, not a lot of chances, um, and and for those who are you know playing up front, they will need to take the, the chances they have because they won't there won't be many of them in in my opinion. Yes, that uh, is going to be certainly very interesting, especially from a striking point of view, whether uh, Fabian Sloisner or um, uh, Daniel Keita-Ruel uh, manages to get off and uh, 
start their season with a bang. Uh, two very interesting signings. Uh, Ruel having to jump up from Drittliga. Uh, the same case with Schleusner, of course. Um, uh, I think two very, very capable forwards. And it'll be interesting to see if they can replicate their form from last season. Uh, the final of the Group 2 games uh, pits Heidenheim against Armenia Bielefeld. Um, I think Armenia are in for a very good season. Um uh, Matthew, will Heidenheim have enough to stop them on uh, the opening weekend? Yeah, I, I don't think they will. Um, you know, I think we <laughs> think a lot of people are in agreement that Bielefeld would have the potential to be really, really good this season. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't really put my finger on Heidenheim. I, I don't know what to make of them. And um, or, or the one thing I do know is that their goalkeeper, Kevin Muller, is going to be very, very busy. Um yeah, he's going to have to be at his heroic best um, to keep out a very deep, a very good um, forward third from uh, Bielefeld with likes of Vogelsammer, who, who we will talk about a lot um, <clears throat> throughout the season. You know his physicality. Um, you know he's very he's very deadly in front of goal. Um, I guess the only the only positive for Hiddenheim is probably um, Mark Schnatter. Um, once again, he will have to play a pivotal role in. Um, in uh, keeping them up, and 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 he will be probably the guy they'll look, they'll have to look to to um to create their chances because it's you know it's it's they look very lean, and I do worry that they're going to have a really tough season. Yeah, I think Schneider is going to have to play out of his skin once more, and uh, if anyone didn't see it, uh, there's a fantastic photo of Heidenheim honouring uh, Mark Schneider's uh, ten years at the club with um, all the players and staff. Wearing March Nutter masks, um, I think James Rees, uh, it was on Twitter, who rightly pointed out that uh, uh, what they wouldn't do for a team of 11 March Nutters. Um, Nicola Dovidan as well, uh, managing to keep him at the club was a big, big plus. But uh, like you say, I think Armenia are going to be too strong. They've added well, and I'm really, really excited to see uh, how Roberto Massimo gets on in what will be his first true full season i think um he's going to be a star out on the wing uh we go from our second group of games to our third group of games and we'll start off that third section with uh, a very interesting game between union and Aue, uh a meeting of two east german clubs and one which will certainly be very very interesting uh it's uh, it's one where Union will certainly be favourites, and uh, rightly so. But uh, pre-season hasn't been that great for them. They had a heavy defeat away at QPR uh, on Saturday, but uh, their fans more than made up for that with uh, some wonderful uh, displays, and uh, I think a lot of people took them to their hearts uh, as a result, um, especially in terms of uh, QPR fans who maybe hadn't been so well acquainted if they didn't make the trip over to Germany only to see it uh, rained off uh, during the the previous pre-season. Um, Matthew, will Union hit the ground running or or are we looking at uh, Erzgebirge Aue playing the role as uh, party poopers? Yeah, I, I, have, I have Union winning the game quite comfortably. I think it, the integration of the new players I, I find fascinating. The... Um, the likes of uh, with Paulson and, and Anderson going forward, do they play two up front? Um, you know, both are very capable goal getters. Uh, 
them the, how they're going to play in midfield with the likes of uh, if Schmieder back in um, and Kors are going to be the the defensive pivots. Um, who's going to be the defensive um, pairing? Um, you know how you know we'll, we'll probably see a lot more of Ken Reichel as well, which is great that he's um, staying in the Spider Liga. Very good attacking left back, um, and it looks like they've also named their goalkeeper. It looks like uh, Rafael Gikovic is going to start, and you know I think he's. You know more than capable. It's just there's, there's a lot of little questions about this on your side. You know, and and um, you know, Os Fischer has a has an interesting uh, task of trying to get this group to play together. And um, yeah, I, I like I, I still like them to be our, but um, you know, as we've we've shown with our, they're they're very unpredictable. And and considering the team that they're going to fill on match day one, which will be one of of youth and um, a lot of pace and you know, it, it's not inconceivable that I'll get a result, but I, yeah, I think Union's quality uh, as the game goes on will be too much for this hour side. I think our could be in the spring a surprise. I think this one's going to be quite close, but I do think that Union's strength will tell in the end. I do think that uh, while Union will get close to a, a top three place this year, they are missing a little bit of physicality and. That's something that they've maybe lacked since uh, Damir Kailak has, has left the club. It's going to be interesting, though, as you said, to see how these new signings uh, gel. And I think uh, the interesting one is Christopher Lenz. Um, it's going to be great to see how he learns off uh, one of Svita Bundesliga's best attacking fullbacks. And, of course, as well, how uh, Mr. Ken Reichel uh, can forge a bond with uh, Sebastian Anderson, because I'm sure that... Uh, the Swede will be very much looking forward to meeting Reichel's crosses. Um, we move on from Union and head towards Darmstadt. Uh, they play St. Pauli uh, in their opening game at home at the Bullenfaltor. Um That's going to be an interesting one as well. Um, I do think that home advantage will tell in this one, but I do think that... Uh, that Paderborn uh, have plenty going forward, and you know if Darmstadt aren't careful, uh, they could very easily get caught out here. Yeah, they could. Um, you know, Paderborn's preseason's been very solid. You know, we talked about them last last week beating Monaco, and um, you know they've made some some decent signings throughout. Obviously, uh, Uwe Hunemeyer to return from Brighton. Uh, you know, that's. Oh, that's an amazing signing to keep to get him, and he will obviously be the defensive leader. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of sit on the fence with this game. I, I, I worry um, for Darmstadt maybe in the final third. I'll be interested to see who they start up front. I think um, you know they they have a few options, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I really don't know what to make of this game. I think I think Paderborn have a chance. I, I generally think they have a chance of getting a point in this game, as 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 much as home uh, home ground advantage counts for for a little bit in in football and all sports. Um, I think Paderborn could could easily uh, steal steal something on, uh, on 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 this in this fixture. That will certainly be one to watch, and uh, you'll have to see whether or not uh, the Sven Michels of this world and. Uh, Marlon Ritter can uh, hit the ground running and 
you know, rekindle that um, excellent partnership uh, they had last season, uh, and of course whether uh, Bernard Tickpenty will get a start and uh, make his official debut. Um, the final game of uh, match day one uh, and the final game that we will look at is uh, the Monday night fixture. Uh, we don't like Mondays, uh, but nevertheless it uh, features Dynamo and Duisburg. Um, it's, uh, it's a tough one to call this as well, as is all of the games, because um, it is such a tight league, and going off last season there was no great gap to go, okay, that team's going to play well, that team's going to struggle. It's uh, it's going to be one of those seasons where nothing becomes clear until we're maybe 10 or 15 games in, or if it's the same case as last season, you know, you could be 17th heading into the final day and finish 10th. Darmstadt know all about that. Um, Matthew, we've spoken quite a bit about Dynamo already, so we'll maybe shift focus to um, to Duisburg. Um, I think this is a real, real chance for them to, to start, start the season strongly and pick up what would be a very, very impressive away win, especially on a Monday night. Agreed. Um, yeah, they... You know, they're a team that I think a few people have challenging for the promotional place uh, and as well as the playoffs. And a fixture against, you know, a, a solid side, but also a very intimidating place to play at um, in Dresden. You know, they are very well supported, as um, mo- we're pretty much aware. Um, yeah, a, a win would be not only a big confidence booster, but it's the, it's the kind of victory that can set a season up and... and um, yeah, I think if you look at it from a Duisburg's perspective, um, yeah, a win it would be massive. If Dresden lose, it only puts the pressure on them and uh, in, in a game which their fans will probably expect them to win. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, we're, if we're frank, both teams would like to win this game, and and um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a good game. I generally think it'll be a good game, and and uh, it'll, it'll just be yeah. A very in, it's a very interesting contest to end the match day, put it that way. I think um, Duisburg's fans, anyway, would be a little bit more patient if they weren't to win this one, whereas uh, Dynamo, if they don't put in a good performance and uh, they do fall to defeat, it's going to be very interesting to see how their fans react. Um, I think last season, patience was wearing a little bit thin, and uh, they have managed to keep the likes of Philip Heiss, uh, Musicone, uh Harris Duljevic, um, the big, big names are still there. They've added a few interesting faces as well. Uh, the injury to Florian Ballas certainly won't help. Marco Hartman is back in training, though, and uh, there's still a few doubts over whether or not Tim Boss will uh, get the nod over Marcus Schubert. I don't think uh, it really matters because they're two very good goalkeepers. And... Um, whether or not uh, Tim Boss does get the nod, I would still quite like to see uh, Marcus Schubert get another extended run of games this season. I'm quite surprised that they didn't stick with him uh, coming into this year. But um, we've got to trust Uwe Neuhaus. Um, he's been given the vote of confidence, and um, Dynamo will certainly be hoping that does them the world of good come Monday evening. So, uh, Matthew, we've looked at all the games in a little bit of detail, and now it's time to give our predictions on the games. Uh, We'll run through them as we looked at them, and uh, we just want to go one-word answers, whether it be win, draw, or loss, and for 
obviously which side we're opting for. Um, uh, Haas fall against Kiel. A Hamburg win. I will back you on that one. Uh, Bochum against Köln. Köln win. I'm going to very tentatively say draw and hope for the best. Um, Magdeburg against St. Pauli. Uh, Magdeburg win. I will also back you on that. Uh, the second set of games, uh, Jan against Ingolstadt. Uh, draw, but plenty of goals. I have gone for an Ingolstadt win in that one, so it will be interesting to see how that one goes. Um, Furt against Sandhausen. Sandhausen win. I've sat in the fence for that one. Uh, Heidenheim against Bielefeld. Yeah, Bielefeld for the win. I will agree with you on that one. Uh, we haven't looked at our predictions, by the way. It's just, uh, you know, uh, Matthew and me have that connection where we roughly know what's going on, or at least I hope we do. Um, Union against our uh, Matthew, how do you see that one going? I see Union winning... Uh pretty comfortably but our pro- providing a, a tricky test early on i'm gonna say union scrape at 2-1 there's one of my kick tip predictions and that's the only one you're going to get uh oh. darmstadt against st pauli um i'm gonna go for a home win in that one i'm gonna sit on the fence i think paderborn gonna are gonna get a point and to finish it off dynamo against duisburg uh Duisburg to scrape a uh, 2-1, and that's all you guys are getting as well from me. I have also gone for a Duisburg win, but I will not tell you by what scoreline. So make sure to get your kick-tip predictions in. Uh, keep joining the league. We're almost up to 80 now. It would be superb if we could hit 100 by Friday. And um, it's a great way to follow the league, even if you're not a massive Svita Bundesliga fan. So, uh, we go from our predictions for the game to our predictions for the season. Um, If you haven't already, uh, be sure to check out Matthew and mine's tweets. Um, We've both looked at the Zweite Bundesliga table, looked at all 18 teams and tried to place them where we think they will finish uh, next season. We'll not delve into the table too much uh, when it comes to that anyway, because um, you can see it there and you can have a bit of debate with us on Twitter about that one. Uh, so Matthew one thing you wanted us to look at was uh, who would be our negative surprise package uh, this season Um, who have you got in mind for that one I'm not quite sure who I would go for myself well there was was probably two or three teams I'd I'd narrowed it down to but I think um, I've I've gone with uh, St. Pauli as my uh, negative you know, even though I have them finishing probably, you know, maybe improving on what they did last season, I think a club of their stature and and the players they have, they 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 underperformed a lot last season. I think they'll kind of repeat it, and where a, lot, a few might expect them to improve. I know with the the poll that we had as our positive, a few people had St. Pauli in it, but yeah, I kind of see them not really improving, um, but more or less kind of staying where they are. And for me, that's 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 the negative surprise. Going from from my point of view, I would say that uh, Heidenheim, uh, I have them to finish in the bottom two, so I suppose that would be a little bit negative, although uh, that relegation race is uh, very tough to call, and I think uh, both of us could agree that if either Köln or Hamburg uh, finish outside the top two, that would uh, certainly be a negative uh, and a surprise at that. 
um, in terms of you know who we think will uh, be the top goal scorer come the end of the season. There's quite a few names up there. Um, Simon Terada, of course, being one of them. Before anyone thinks that I'm forgetting him, but I don't know if he will get the start, which will be very very interesting. Um, I think Hintersea could be a real candidate to do it this season. But I also wouldn't look past the likes of Marco Grutner, who you have uh, praised quite a bit so far. I think um, if Jan can find the back of the net with the same regularity that they did, um, that could be interesting. I think a lot of people, uh, if Tirada doesn't start, will expect uh, John Cordoba to, to find the back of the net on a regular basis. And with Haasfal going with um, Aaron Hunt, uh, that maybe rules out the likes of La Saga or Arp. Um, Matthew, is there any one striker that stands out to you who uh, looks set to have a really, really good season? Um, not really. I think I think you've covered the basis of players. Um, maybe Mutsukone. Um, you know, he he was very hit or miss. I think uh, we did have the hat trick in that um, last season, which was mightily impressive. Which shows you what he can do when given the opportunity. Um, yeah, I think they'll be considering how much they paid for him um they'll expect more from him this season and and yeah i could see him you know going on to scoring 15 16 uh goals and, and taking that tour jaeger can on if anyone was to surprise me a minute i would really like it um from a personal perspective anyway to be a big john for hook or uh richie sakuta pasu i know they are bohem's rivals but um Nothing gives me more pleasure than seeing those two do their thing at the weekend. They are two cult strikers uh, in the league and um, it's uh, going to be some sight uh, to see them line up together if uh, that is indeed the case and what Ilya Gruev opts to go for. Um, We've talked about top goal scorers, we've talked about negative surprises, um, young players to watch out for. We've mentioned a few. I think Gelslaikta is uh, one of the key ones, and uh, hopefully he gets some game time for Darmstadt. Um, Maxim Leitch uh, at uh, Bochum, he might get the nod ahead of uh, one of either Tim Hoogland or Patrick Fabian to uh, be the main man uh, in defence this season, which would be absolutely great to see i know bochum fans really want some more uh minutes for the youth academy guys especially given how talented they are of course um they missed out on getting into the in runda for the um a junioran uh last year uh on the final day they only needed one more goal to do it and unfortunately couldn't find the back of the net um so plenty of good players coming out of that and uh hopefully for their sake uh, they do get to see some game time Matthew in terms of any youngsters or any players in general who you think are going to have a, a really good season that haven't really got the credit uh, that they deserve so far is there anyone who stood out for you um oh put me on the spot um I don't know I mean if they if I had a look at some players who have probably played a lot more junior and they're they're perhaps not a spider league regular um, I've just got some stats on Alwa's new signing, Maximilian Porochev. Uh, he had 15 goals and two assists. Um, looked very lively um, in the in the junior uh, formula. So, yeah, I, I'd like to see him play a lot for Alwa, especially considering how many options they have. Um, yeah, I'd 
bit of miss to, to who I'd be interested in seeing. Um, yeah, I think I think we've covered perhaps um, uh, Vince Vinceheimer from uh, Hamburg, um, the guy, the one from Bayern, or, or Nicholas Dorsch actually. That, that would be my guy uh, from uh, Heidenheim. You know, highly touted, um, and you know he now has a real opportunity to showcase uh, what a lot of people have been talking about him. That's a really good shout. Actually, I had thought about Dorsch and I, or I had forgotten about Dorsch and thought about Dorsch, and I think that says an awful lot about um, the year that we're in for. There's so many players, and uh, it's really hard to pick just one. Um, so uh, we move on to the final segment, which is your questions. Not too many questions this week, and for a change, that is a blessing in disguise, given just how much we've had to get through. Um, Bradley Gibbs will start with his question at B G Gibbs at uh, on Twitter. Um, both Kiel and Regensburg impressed last season, uh, especially going forward. Will either be able to push for promotion again? Uh, if not, who looks good for the top three outside of the relegated teams? Um, I think Jan, it's maybe a bit of a stretch for them this season. Uh, Duisburg, as we've mentioned, um, I would put them in that bracket. Ingolstadt, uh, Darmstadt, Union, uh, Bochum, tentatively. Uh, is there anyone you could see making a real surprise run, Matthew, or is it going to be more of a case of the usual pretenders this season? <laughs> um, well, I like Duisburg a lot. Um, if anyone has seen in the table that I put on, on Twitter. I had them actually finishing third. So, um, yeah, I may have put the uh, the kiss on death for their fans. So, again, really sorry. Um, yeah, I like Duisburg a lot, actually. I think they've, they've got that right mix um, of, of, of quality players. They've got the other two cult followers going forward. Um, and they just look good all around the park. They, they don't have... In my opinion, many weaknesses. I like the the Sebastian Neumann signing was was a brilliant one. Uh, he's he's fighting league equality all the way, and yeah, I think they just have the pieces. And if it just you know they start the season the right way, um, yeah, I think they'll I think they'll be about. Um, yeah, I, I really like them as a, as a team. Um, we move from Bradley's question to Duncan's um, at Duncan underscore pool. Uh, asks, uh, how long do you think they will give Neuhaus and what sort of results does he need uh, at the start to keep his position? Hopefully uh, he says, uh, hopefully he stays, sorry, is what uh, Duncan says. Uh, we've spoken at length about Dynamo um, a little bit by accident, but I hope that has answered your question. I think uh, we would both uh, say that um, he does need to have a really strong start to the season uh, in order to justify being capped on. I don't think it's a case of him needing to win every game, but um, if Dunamo can be, uh, you know, top nine, top six, I think that would be a very good start. Um, Ricky Tick uh, at KT Pina uh, says, Haasfau and Köln are big favourites to go uh, and get promoted again. I can see it with Köln. But um, what do you guys think of Haasfau? Uh, he says they're very young and experienced. Uh, Mafia, I think they should still do it, though. Yeah, I think they do. They've got the quality. Um, yes, they don't have the experience, so to say. But, um, yeah, they've got some really interesting players. I mean, Ito will be one to watch for. Um, really liked him when, uh, when he was given the chance um, in the Bundesliga. He's very lively going forward. 
Um, you know, the defensive pairing of Bates and Van Dronglen, although inexperienced, still, you know, both very talented. And, and of course, the, you know, keeping up and um, Vintheimer. The, the, so they've inexperienced, yes, but they've still got quality players. They do have the likes of Holtby and Hunt, um, who are experienced. Moritz is experienced in, in, in a spider league sense. So, yeah. I, I think they'll be okay. I, th- I, th- I still, I still see them getting promoted, even if it means they don't win the league. That leads me quite nicely on to uh, Daniel at Yaboa seventeen. Uh, he says, uh, "Which centre back would you sign if you were Hasfal, and who would be your starting striker?" We'll go uh, very quickly and go, uh, seeing as we've spoken about it quite at length. Um, my centre back would be Buffon. And um, if it were up to me, I would probably give uh, Arp the start as uh, as the striker. But um, obviously, there are plenty of options. Matthew, who would you go for? I'm in the same boat, believe it or not. Yeah, I would I would sign Buffo and um, yeah, Arp. I mean, let, let's uh, they should uh, let him off the leash and uh, let's see what he can do. That's that's the mentality they should go for. That's exactly my line of thinking as well. And to round things off, Ian at Invert Milarn. Uh, if you like Larn, uh, go and follow him. Uh, of the teams that were promoted from Drittliga, which of their players from last season will have the biggest impact on Zweite Bundesliga? I think you're looking at Christian Beck. I think you're looking at Tuopitz. I think you know there's an awful lot of players in Paderborn who are very, very exciting. And of course, the likes of Tobias Schweda, who um, was at Magdeburg, is now at Paderborn and uh, has has a big, big chance to to impress there. Um, you obviously look at Marlon Ritter, Sven Michel. Um, any any other names that stick out for you, Matthew? Marlon Ritter um, would you know he was very good last season uh, for Paderborn. So yeah, I would lean towards him. And and yeah, you've you've pretty much covered the uh, the Magdeburg side of things. I mean, really, uh, Turpitz and Becker, who scored a, you know as a pair scored a ton of goals last season and you know let's see how they transition into into the spider league that'll be really interesting for sure uh that's all we have time for this week matthew um you obviously have uh your keel preview out and the highest foul preview is now out as well am i right that is correct. That is correct. I'm uh, nearly finished the the Köln preview, so hopefully in the next couple of days we'll finish that. Um, I would also like to plug for, for the Bundesliga Fanatic side, um, Simon Vargas, who did a preview on his uh, Ingolstadt. I would recommend anyone who is interested in the thoughts of how Ingolstadt may pan out this season. That would be one well worth the read. Yes, uh, definitely, and go give that a read, and go and give uh, Simon a follow. He does contribute regularly with plenty of questions and plenty of discussion to the podcast. Um, Once again, I will uh, be sure to plug the Kick Tip and the Kicker Manager League, and we will also... uh, make our prediction tables known as well if you want to have a look at those uh from me and matthew thank you very much for listening in we hope you've enjoyed our season preview we hope you've enjoyed our pre-season build up up until now and now it is the nitty-gritty the football is back and like us i'm sure that you can't wait for it all to get going until next week where we will be discussing actuals via bundesliga football once more It's goodbye from me and goodbye from Matthew.